You are listening to the Two Sorry Excuses podcast. And for that, I apologize. Hello, and thanks for downloading the Two Sorry Excuses podcast, recording live from the cover of Vanity Fair. I'm your old pal, Sanders. And I'm your old buddy, Caitlin Liv. <laughs> and, you're keep, and if you're keeping score at home, this is episode 69, the <laughs> Rosemary, Sage, 69. and Tyne edition. <laughs> 69. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, what a great scene from Billy Madison. As if a bunch of third graders would get the 69. Why, that's supposed to be funny. <laughs> <laughs> See, that's funny. I went um, I went uh, Jay and Silent Bob. I went Kevin Smith yeah. on the 69 joke, as I'm apt to do. You know, did you read that? Did you see that link I sent you? Uh, you did. <laughs> I mean, I yes. <laughs> I know you're a big Kevin Smith fan. And I, and I, that was a few years ago. I remember when they first posted, for some reason, they posted it again the other day, I guess because it was the anniversary of it. Yeah. Sometimes I forget kind of how like sophomoric and childish uh, he is. And I'll listen to his podcast and stuff, and you know, I'll be like, oh, you know, he's kind of funny. But then you know, every once in a while, I'm like, man, he's just kind of really just a big like, geek. Yeah, but he was one of the first. Uh, one, he's from Jersey, and I yep. was never a huge um, fanboy. You know, like everybody from Jersey, because he's 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 from um, he's from Highland, which is Monmouth County. But okay. he um, he owns a comic book shop in Red Bank, so it's called is that in Monmouth too. Yeah, it's also in Monmouth. It's um, Jay and Silent Bob's secret stash. And he opened it, I don't know, maybe one or two movies into his, uh, into his career. So it's been around for like 20 years, way before he got to be as popular, um, you know, as rich or as notable as he is now. And uh, all the people around here, of course, you know, oh, I know him, you know, I went to high school with him. I, you know, I run into him. I used to run into him all the time because he lived here for a long time. Yeah. Even after he did his movies. Um, but I was never like a huge, like, you know, Kevin Smith fanboy. I appreciated his movies. I liked his movies. It wasn't until he started doing podcasts that I really, really, um, you know, kind of took a liking to him and um, learned a little bit about him. So when you sent me that that tweet, um, I hadn't, I had never seen it before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it was really funny. Yeah. Talking about his wife's sexual prowess or whatever. Yeah, and, and he kind of makes, um, you know, he, he kind of pulls back the curtain on his personal life when he, you know, he does all his Q&As. That's one of the reasons um, I first got attracted to him. He does, like, elaborate yeah. audience q and I don't know what his wife looks like, but I can't imagine she's too attractive considering the way he looks. Well, she's not too bad. It's not too bad. Have you ever seen... You mean not too bad, like, and not too bad objectively, or not too bad for Kevin Smith? 
No, 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 not too bad objectively. Have you ever seen any of his movies? Yeah, I mean, probably the last one I saw was like Mall Rats or something. <laughs> You see, um, Actually, I saw Clerks 2 in the theater. That's probably the last time I saw a Kevin Smith movie. Okay. Did you see um, Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back? I never saw the whole uh, thing. That's a funny one. That That's actually funny. It, it's just got a lot of callbacks. And, um, Did I see Jay and, Bob Solid, Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back? I might have seen that one. I'm not sure. It's the one with uh, Shannon Elizabeth. Yeah, I mean, it involves the Hollywood sets and all that, but that was that came out like 15 years ago, didn't it? Uh, close to that, yeah. Yeah. Uh, long story short, his wife is one of the three, uh, like, feminist um, bandits. Okay. Uh, Eliza Dushku, Shannon Elizabeth, Allie Larder, and then his wife. Is, there's actually four. So his wife is the fourth one. Um yeah, she's not bad. She's, you know, she's whatever. She's our age, my age. Kevin Smith, probably like around 40, 44, something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, you know, she's... A, mid- he's a frumpy, fat man. But he's lost a lot of weight recently. Well, he's probably a frumpy, fat man with a lot of loose, baggy skin. <laughs> <laughs> like Jared from the Subway ads. Jared's got to be in shape by now, right? I mean, he might be in shape, but the thing I think is, unless you get plastic surgery, you know, when you go from being that fat, you know. Like, how fat is that fat? Well, I mean, they showed, they used to show what he looked like before he got on Subway. Yeah, but like, he how was many? like a big round dude. So, like, what is, like. Jared had to be, well, you know, Jared looked like he was 300 something pounds. At one time, and now he's like, what, 170 or something? Um, yeah, he's kind of a skinny dude, right? Yeah, I mean, theoretically. I mean, but he's always in long sleeve shirts. <laughs> yeah. All right, let's find out. Jared Fogel. I mean, maybe now he's had the surgery, but the, maybe the long sleeve shirt has become a his signature wardrobe or something. All right, this is interesting, man. Um, Jared Fogel's been around forever. Yes. 1999, it looks like he first gained media attention. Uh, He's only 37 years old. Okay, so he's a fat college kid, basically. Right, okay. Starting Subway. And uh, let's see. Does it say how much he weighed? I mean, they used to show him on those commercials, you know, as... Fat Jared. You remember, he was really fat. It doesn't say in, uh, in his Wikipedia how much he had lost. But this is interesting because he he's divorced. Oh, really? Because they used to have the commercials where he showed his family. Huh. He was divorced um, in 2007. Uh, he was married from 2001 to 2007. So that means, let's see, he got, okay, well, he got skinny, and then he got married. So yeah, that would have sucked if if he was fat and his wife stuck with him, and then he became famous and rich. Well, you ever see Jimmy Kimmel's first wife? Uh, no. He was married before? Yeah, he was married, I think he only got divorced once... Once he actually got the Jimmy Kimmel show. On the man show, he used to have his wife on there all the time. You know, he had a wife and a, he, has a, he had the wife and he had a kid. And the kid's 
Jimmy Kimmel's kid's got to be like college age now. But uh, his wife was like what normal Jimmy Kimmel could get. Okay. You know? All right. Like she was a blonde lady. She wasn't. She was like, you know, average build. You know, kind of looked like just like a typical housewife sort of looking woman. Right. You know, she wasn't hot by any stretch. Okay, yeah, yeah, I got a... You know, wasn't skinny. I got a picture of her. Yeah. And she used to come on the man show. They used to have her doing segments on there. And then once he got the uh, late night show or whatever, you know, kicked her ass to the curb. (laughs) Uh, Wait, oh, wait a minute. Maybe I'm looking at the wrong one here. Oh, wait, Molly McNeary. Oh, that's who I'm looking for. Okay, wait a minute. Gina Kimball. That's the name of his first wife? No, that's the name of his second wife. And I was like, she's not too bad. Yeah. Oh, okay, I found a second wife. Okay, I get what you're saying. Yeah. She was, like, very, like, she wasn't a Hollywood star's wife. Right, right, right. She was totally the wife he got when he was a nobody. Like, um, who else has a wife like that? Oh, he's a somebody. Hugh Jackman? No, is Hugh Jackman married to somebody? Yeah, he's married, but she's an actress, but she's a, I think she's significantly older than him, or at least somewhat older than him. But he met her while he was acting, but before he became a Hollywood star. But he's all into her, so it's not like, I guess he doesn't think he's... You know, he didn't throw it to the curb. Right. All right. You see that a lot of times with athletes. Yeah. You know? Because they get these girls, like, you know, especially if they're, like, offensive linemen or something. You know, not the glamour boy positions. Right. That's why I always give a lot of credit to uh, to Derek Jeter. What, for nailing all the women he nailed? Yeah, yeah. For one, kind of keeping perspective on it, you know, realizing who he was and what he had access to, you know. Well, I mean, he was a star on the Yankees. You right. Know? Why would anybody on that team, why would anybody who became a star at like 22 in New York, like he did, ever get married? Unless they were going to marry like, you know, a supermodel or something. Right. Right. But you see it all the time, man. No, I know you do. Um, Jared weighed 425 pounds. 425, Jesus. I knew he was big. And he was I remember the commercials, they'd show him walking around, like, he was like in a collared shirt or something, you know, like a polo shirt or something. It was like, they had video of him, you know, like home video. Right. Of Fat Jared. He drank 15 to 20 cans of soda each day. Damn. I mean, yes, he lost all that weight doing Subway, but you figure he's got to have diabetes. Right. Drinking 15 to 20 cans of soda every day, that's crazy. Must have been a video game nerd or something. (laughs) Yeah, so, I mean, what do you think he weighs now? Probably 175, something like that? Yeah, depending on how tall he is. I imagine he must be like a buck 70 or something. Yeah, uh, article here says um, he had lost more than... Well, I lost more than 200 pounds, so, I mean, he doesn't weigh 225 pounds, unless he's tall. Yeah, I mean, I don't know how tall he is, but I'd have to think he's like 180 or something. 
So you think he got surgery? I mean, I don't know because they ne- you never see him. You only see Jared fully clothed. Right. But you figure he's a big enough celebrity now or rich enough off of this that he might have gotten the surgery because if you're that fat, when you lose all that weight, you have lots of loose skin. Yeah. I mean, you see these people like that all the time. I remember it was on Howard Stern years ago. They had John Popper on there, and he had that stomach surgery. Yep. And I remember, you know, Stern had him lift his shirt up, and it was disgusting. You know, because you, when you're that fat, you lose that much weight, you know? I mean, that's what stretch marks are. You right. know, your skin's stretching out past its capacity. So, you know, you lose all that weight, then you got all that skin just hanging there. You need to get surgery to get, you know. I'm sure Jared must have had it by now, but I remember I used to always think that. I was like, you know, they never showed Jared without a shirt on. I wonder what they, I wonder what the the tipping point is. Is it 100 pounds? Is it? Is it 150? You know, because skin's pretty oh, elastic. Have, have the skin? I mean, I'm, I don't know. I mean, I'm sure no matter what your weight is, that's, you're going to have some type of little flab if you lose it. Just how, how severe it's going to be is the question, I guess. Yeah, I guess how long it's there. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, if it gets set in that, you know, because obviously, you know, women get pregnant, get stretch marks, but you lose that weight, you know, or you ideally they'll lose that weight right after. But, you know, once it gets set, yeah. And the older you get, which might help Jerry, but I'm sure he's got loose skin or did have loose skin because they would have, you know, if he was some guy who was like all bulked up or something, they would have had him showing that off in those commercials, you know? Right, 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 right. But, um... But, you know, your skin, the older you get, the, it, it loses that elasticity over the years, you know? Yeah. Right. That's why people get wrinkly and... Yeah, of course. Yeah. Baggy skin. Yes. That's why your nose gets bigger and your ears start drooping and all that stuff. You know, um, it all, everything gets saggy. That's my biggest fear, man. When I found out that your nose continues to grow as you get older, I started to take note. And I, this is a long time ago. I was probably like... A, 10-year-old, 12-year-old kid or something. Might have learned it in, like, you know, science class or something like that. That's your news. And I would just make a note, like, of all the old people on how, like, big and bulbous their noses are. Yeah. And that's my fear because I have a pretty big nose. Yeah. But it's proportionate to my face. Yeah. I have humongous ears. But I have big earlobes. Like, I got... I have lobes that hang down, you know, like they got people that got the ears where the lobe like attaches to the head. Yeah, yeah, that that's genetic or something. I don't have that. Mine hang down, so I always think mine are gonna be hanging down really long when I'm old. Okay. Yeah, I mine mine are, are I don't want to say normal because I don't want to make you feel self conscious, but I have the appropriate amount of nub on the end of my ear. Yeah, yeah, mine hang away from the ear, whereas. Not like the people who's who is like a C right into the ear, you know. Right, right, right. I um, yeah, my ears are huge, but they don't stick out. So well, yeah, thank God. Yeah, yeah. I think my uncle had to get his ears pinned because he had that issue. Really? Yeah. I mean, I, I it's something that was going on way before I was ever born. But I know my mom said it used to his ears used to stick out like that, you know. Yeah, and if you stick out like that, they get you know they pin your ears. You know, that's the procedure. 
I didn't think people cared about that stuff back then. I mean, he was born in the 40s, so. Yeah. I mean, I think people always cared about, I think people used to always get made fun of for having big ears like that. I mean, I think he did it when he was an adult, I guess. Oh, interesting. <laughs> well, there was vanity back then. Well, he's gay, so maybe that's not good. <laughs> he has access to better doctors? No, but maybe he's more concerned about that than a, um, than a heterosexual male might be, since men are bigger dicks, you know? True, true. I, I mean, mean, men are m more harsh. <laughs> I can barely remember to uh, trim my ear hair, let alone go see a doctor to get my ears pinned back. Yeah. I mean, I think, I think it is harder to be a gay man, because look how many gay dudes always got to be working out and stuff, because you're trying to show up for other men. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I never thought of that. There's like, you know, a lot of straight guys work out, but still a lot of straight guys don't work out and still end up with good-looking women. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I can attest to that. You can? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you can. <laughs> I like to think we both can. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, so it's a nice man? double standard. What's happening? How's your week? It's all right. I, um, I was doing some stuff around the house this weekend, you know, trying to get things together. My backyard doesn't really have grass right now. It's all overrun, you know. So you have so, a you have a, uh, a normal sized lot, an undersized lot, or an oversized. It's lot? It's a normal sized city lot. Okay. You know, all right. Thirty six hundred square feet. Okay. But the but I do have a decent size just because the house is like the house isn't big. It's only eleven hundred square feet. The original house was very small. And then at some point, you know, original house was probably built in the 40s or something. And then at some point, like 20 years after, they built this little front area. You know, so now it's like 1,100 square feet. But the front area was built basically on what was the whole front lawn. You know? Yeah, so... Which is good because it gives me an actual decent-sized backyard for being in the city. Okay. You know? So are you real close to the, to the sidewalk, real close to the curb? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The front of the house, like where my TV is, you know, like on the other side of that wall is basically the sidewalk. Okay. You know, like it juts out, but then I have a little driveway right next to it. You know, so I guess it forms almost like, almost like a key if you look at the house from above. Right, right. You know, and um, so, I mean, it's actually a good deal because that was one of the things I was looking for. In a house in the city with a reasonable price, which is really hard to find, that has a place for you to park your car and a backyard, you know, and and doesn't cost five hundred thousand dollars. <laughs> so, <laughs> I mean, it's hard. So I I surprisingly found all three for about buck fifty something. So that's good. <laughs> Just no, I mean, it was one of those things. I was like. When I was looking, I was like, well, I got the dog. I was like, I don't want to have to be parking. There's all kinds of cool houses and cool areas. And places even, I'd be like, oh, this would be a cool place to live if I could afford it. But then I look, it's like, you're going to pay 300 dollars and not even be able to park on your own, have to deal with street parking, you know? Right. You know how much that sucks? 
Um, well, I do because I have, I have, I don't have off the street parking. Wait, Asbury Park, your house there doesn't have off the street parking? Nope. Damn, that surprises me since you got a double lot, right? Yeah, but I'm on the, um, I'm on a cross street that doesn't have, um, there's only two houses on my yeah. street. Yeah. On the 700 block, there's only there's only three lots. I own two of them, and there's one across. The second lot that I own, it's technically not a double lot. It's a it's an undersized single lot. Yeah. So um, there's no driveways because the houses on the east west avenues butt yeah. up right against the properties. Uh, okay. Of the 700 block houses. So those houses have driveways on the avenues. Yeah. But on the street, we don't have driveways. Oh, all right. Which, well, is, which, is making my, um, which is making my tiny house planning very, very difficult. Because the houses are also raised. Yeah. I have a three-foot retaining wall. That goes across the front of the property. I have no. Yeah, well, I remember that when we when we went by your house before you were able to move in. Oh yeah, yeah, we took it a walk. was a few feet off the ground. Yeah, yeah. Uh, which is great because um, flooding isn't an issue. Um, all of yeah. the sewage and um, and piping runs not too deep underground, so um, you know it's easy to get to or whatever. And then the basement is not totally submerged. Yeah. So the trade-off is for having a house, you know, up is that you don't have a driveway. Yep. Yeah, I got you. But I can't get my tiny house trailer onto my property because I have no egress. Yep, that sucks. So I'm, uh, I've been trying to get in touch with... The zoning department. Do we talk about this? What a pain in the ass local city government is. I go in. Uh, trust me. I have to deal with that shit all the time because my boss, I have to do all the, all his friggin' work in front of the historic uh, landmarks district commission or whatever. Right. Which, because he owns property in historic areas and he, you know, A, he doesn't like to, he doesn't like having to comply with them, so he just builds shit, you know, so he's always fighting with them. Because <laughs> it's a pain in the ass having to deal with that. Everything, you know, well, this isn't the way this, this is, that isn't a design that's specific to the period that all the houses in that neighborhood were built. You can't do that. You know, it's such a pain in the ass, all that type of stuff. But at least New Orleans, and and I'm sure there's there's requisite corruption and graft in New Orleans. It's New Orleans after all. Yep. But at least it has a historic footprint that it can kind of fall back on and say, hey, no, 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 we actually do really care about the history. Asbury yeah. Park has none of that. It, Asbury Park was burnt to the ground in the 60s. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's all so gone. Deal with the zoning bullshit, which is just bureaucrats. Right. And the guy who owns the house across the street from me, uh, it's the oldest house in Asbury Park. Yep. And it looks it. <laughs> <laughs> they bought it, um, 
I don't know, sheriff's auction or, or something like that, like 20 years ago. And it's a couple, like a hippie couple, who um, teaches music and dance in Hell's Kitchen in the city. So they live in the city, but they come down Saturday, Sunday, and Monday as like their weekend. Yeah. But they're old school and... You know, he smokes unfiltered cigarettes, and he looks like uh, Tommy Chong, and, um, you know, wears his hair in a ponytail, and just, you know, wears a uh, jean jacket with no sleeves, like, he's just, a, he's just an old-timer, but he's yep. a really cool guy, and he was telling me that, um, you know, he, he bought the house, it was totally gutted, and he's done everything himself. And he's constantly fighting with the yeah. zoning board and the, um, um, who else? Um, code. Building oh, code. yeah. The I'm building sure. code authority. So. Well, fortunately, I haven't had any of the, Fortunately, I'm not, A, in a historic district, and B, I haven't had to do anything yet because, you know, code enforcement's a real pain in the nuts. The guy that I rent to, one of the knuckleheads... Uh, is actually a, a city planner. That's his. That's his chosen profession. And I guess the way it works is that each of the townships or the municipalities in New Jersey hires kind of like an ad hoc board. So it's not a full time committee. They just hire yeah. people to sit on the zoning board. And apparently, he sits on the Asbury Park zoning board. So I was asking him, you know, hey, listen, I want to maybe try to do this. I might want to try to do that. He's like, well, here's what the city's big on. Here's what they'd like to see. Here's what they'll give you a hard time on, blah, blah, blah. I happened to be in town um, a couple days ago doing some errands. So I went into City Hall, went to the zoning uh, department. I was like, hey, listen, I'd like to get the building code for, uh, you know, single family um, residences. And they're like, what do you mean? I'm like, the building code. I want to do some construction, but I want to find out what's legal. And they're like, we don't have one of those. I'm like, yeah, so it's just left up to their subjective bullshit. Yeah, I'm like, what do you mean you don't have one? It's a, it's a code. By definition, it's codified. Yes, yes. And they're like... Yes, there should be a code of ordinances that tells you what you can and can do, can and cannot do, and all that shit. So uh, they're like, well, you first you got to start with zoning to make sure that you can even um, do anything on your property. And I'm like, fuck you talking about? It's my property. <laughs> <laughs> and one of the lots is empty. Yeah. And they're like, well, they're only here uh, Tuesdays and Thursdays from 1 to 3. And I was like, you've got to be kidding me. I'm like, all right. So I call her. Uh, I call the woman and leave a message. She doesn't get back to me. It's like a week ago. So I happened to find some stuff online that kind of breaks down the zoning districts in Asbury Park. And, of course, I live in one of the anomaly sec the sections that has uh, an anomaly in terms of the code. Uh, it's single-family residences, but it's not coded for single-family residences. So everything that you're permitted to do is physically impossible to do on my property. You need 25-foot set, setback from all uh, pieces of property that surround you, which can't be done. 
Yeah, because you're just not, you don't have the room. I don't have the room. It's not physically possible. The side yard is only 24 feet wide. Jeez. How can I set back 25 feet from anything? Yeah. That so sucks, I got to figure something out. The, the tiny house um, on trailer doesn't seem to be a viable option. Uh, I was looking to maybe put a permanent small structure like a, you know, like a workshop or something. Yeah. Um, but then I don't know if that's permissible. Then in the backyard, I have a patio. Let's say 25 by 25. Little backyard area. Just perfect yeah. enough for, you know, a paver patio, a pond, a little fish pond, and a, and a table and a grill. That's what we have back there now. And um, if you put on like a 10 by 10 addition, that'd be the perfect area for that. Maybe make like a little studio apartment or whatever. Yeah. But it won't meet the minimum setbacks. Yeah. So who knows? Yeah. Who knows? I'm probably going to have to burn it down and collect the insurance money. <laughs> <laughs> that might be your best option. I think at this point, that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to torch it all. <laughs> start over. Yeah, I know, man. It sucks dealing with that type of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you're pinned in against doing anything. I'm trying to refinance it as well. And... I do all my banking through Wells Fargo, and I have been a loyal Wells Fargo customer before they were Wells Fargo. What were they before Wells Fargo? Bank of America. Oh, okay. And before that, I was First Union. I opened up my first account um, when I got my first job with the North Bears. We were in the First Union building, and I don't know, we had some type of deal with First Union. They were a sponsor. You got free checking or whatever. Oh. I remember when um, the Sixers were playing in the first Union Center, which was great. The FU Center. <laughs> I, think that's why, I think that's why they went out of business. Yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> so, and the reason I, I've kept banking, regardless of who it is, is I know the bank account number. Yeah. You know, it's funny how you say that because I have a checking account, which I know the checking account number, but I also have a savings account that I opened up at the time I opened the checking account. For the life of me, I have no clue what the savings account number is. Because if you go online to your savings account, they never give you the full number. Right. You know, like I guess I'd have to go in there and ask them, what is my savings account number? <laughs> and I don't want to change Accounts. I don't want to change banks. I have a great little mnemonic that I use yeah. for this account. I have both of my mortgages with Wells Fargo, but they are the absolute worst to deal with. Like, nobody gets back to you. I'm trying to refinance, Yeah. which means that somebody's going to make money off of me. You think I can get a phone call back? Yeah, no kidding. You figure they'd want to be selling that shit. No, no right? At a higher rate. Damn. It's like I'm the, I'm the worst scenario as a homeowner because I am the best scenario as a borrower. 
Yeah. You know, I'm going in to refinance something that doesn't need to be refinanced, and I'm going to be doing it at a higher rate. <laughs> <laughs> you think they would be chomping at the bit to get me to sign. Yeah. But I can't get a phone call back. Ridiculous. That sucks, man. I used to get hot and bothered about that, too. Like, that's no way to do business. You know, the kind of the, the uh, yeah, philosophical the stance that, you know, you take. Yes. Yes. But uh, you don't do anything about it. Right. Right. So I I've skipped the step of getting myself worked up because I'm not going to do anything about it anyway. Yep. What am I do? Write a, another strongly worded email. You know how many strongly worded emails I've written in my life? <laughs> uh, too many to count. Yeah. Too many to count. So uh, that's what I've been doing, man. I've been fighting with uh, with City Hall and and. Uh, and the man's been sticking it to me. Yeah. Well, I, um, I, uh, I went and bought because the backyard's overrun with weeds and stuff, but it's, I can't really run a lawnmower over it because it needs to be, you know, serious overhaul because there's lots of like bricks and shit back there and stuff, you know. And which happens when you get a house where they redo the house, but they don't really mess with the backyard. Right. So there's all kinds of uh, a rundown place, you know? So I went and bought a weed whacker, you know, yesterday. Came home last night, put it all together, and I was going to go out there today. And then I realized, you know, I don't have any friggin' shoes. Like, I have one pair of sneakers here. I'm not going to use them uh, while I'm doing weed whacking and ruin those shoes. <laughs> so I had to go get those from my mom's house, and then, but then I didn't come back and do it because it was, by the time I came back was tonight, you know, and I was like, well, I'm not going to freaking get out there and start weed whacking now because then I'm going to have to take a shower right after that, and I don't feel like doing that. Yeah, Sunday's not meant for weed whacking anyway. Yeah, I mean, I was, originally the plan was to do it when I got up, you know, I got up, woke up around 9.30 or so. You know, which is a little later than I usually wake up because I like to watch CBS Sunday morning generally. But I, uh, which comes out at 8 o'clock here, you know. But then I got up and I uh, turned on the French Open. I was like, oh, the French Open final's on. So I watched the rest of that, made my breakfast. I was going to go out there and do that and then realized, oh, Frey, I can't do it. So I just freaking lounged around for a bit, you know. I was like, yeah, fuck it. Weed whacking ain't happening today. <laughs> <laughs> I um I had a bunch of work 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 uh to do today. The um the NJIT project just won't end. Which is yeah. good because I get to keep billing hours for it, but um I'm hoping there's a little little pot of gold at the end of the rainbow for your old pal. Yeah. So if uh if all goes well, that um, that conference is supposed to happen this week. So I've been putting together like presentations and proposals and stuff for it, um, which all seem to be well received and more importantly helpful to the cause. So uh, I had to put a full day work, full day's work in on that today. So I didn't even get to even do any um, yard work or be productive you know in that yeah. in that sense although it did uh it did help my dad open the pool today which is always uh 
which is always that's a little late to be opening the pool, isn't it? Especially to the Santa's household. Two weeks. Yeah, I thought Memorial Day was when the pool was opened every year. It was, no questions asked. But uh, there's some there's some construction going on. Uh, construction's not the right word. I would say improvements uh, going on around here. They just had a big electric retractable awning installed. Okay. Over the upper deck. Um, there's multiple decking uh, structures here. There's, um, the house is probably, I would say, two or three feet above the ground level, and the pool is about a foot or two below that, so, like, there's a deck that comes off the house, and then there's, like, two steps down, and then over the patio is a deck, and then there's, like, one or two steps down, and then that's the concrete for the pool. Yeah. So, um, on one of the decks attached to the house, they put, they used to have, like, a pergola. Okay, yeah. You know what I'm talking about? What, what is that? That's like a wooden structure that has uh, just the slats across. Yeah, 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 yeah. I know what you're talking about. No roof to it. No just roof like to the, it. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So there was there was one of those on the deck, but it like it took up too much of the deck and it didn't give enough cover and shade. So they got rid of that and put. Um, you know, one of those, like, fancy electric retractable awnings that, yeah. that goes out, like, eight feet. So yeah. it covers the whole thing. So that's up. And then they're getting some type of, like, gazebo or some type of structure built, like, down the other end of the yard. So all that's going on. So it's kind of distracting um, people from noticing that the pool's not open. Okay, yeah. But I think it's starting to get hot enough. It's supposed to be like in the 90s here at the end of the week. So it's time to get the pool open by hook or by crook, and sure enough, we did it. Hmm. Damn. Well, at least it's open. Two it's, weeks late, but it's open. And it's, uh, it's so funny because it's the, it's the same process. You know, when we close it every year, it's the same process. When we open it every year, it's like clockwork. But... Um, the equipment has gotten a lot better since I started doing this 25 years ago. The pool is 35 years old, 30 years old. Yeah. Something like that. How old my sister is, we got the pool uh, right before she was born. So I've been opening and closing a pool forever. But despite the fact that I'm 41 years old, I still, um, I still... Am assigned the role of a twelve-year-old. <laughs> <laughs> Where's your dad's running everything, doing all the serious grown-up stuff? Exactly. I'm it's like, hold this down, Matthew. I'm holding the wrench. <laughs> yeah, yeah, stuff like that. Yes. Uh, Just hold this right here, Matthew. <laughs> listen, listen. Tell me when the air stops blowing. Tell me when the air stops blowing. <laughs> uh, uh. But a lot of with my dad when he was working on the car, so just get in there and put your foot on the pedal. Just <laughs> all the bullshit, you know. Right. So he could actually look at the engine or something, you know. Right. And I don't like maybe that's just the makeup of certain people. Like I I like to get things done. And yeah. I I can plow through something 
even if it's a two or three man job, I'm like, no, 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 just let me do it. It's easier. But yeah. I also appreciate and enjoy like the teaching moment. You know, yeah. like, come here, here's how you do it. Go ahead, try it. And whatever, you, you know, my nephew's eight. He's probably starting to be at that age where if introduced to certain tasks correctly, they could be, you know, they could stick with them for life. Well, whatever that is, mowing the lawn, you know, opening a pool. Yeah. He's a little young for shaving. <laughs> but, like, these are things like, you know, there's there's two types of people, and and sometimes you get paired with people that just you know kind of keep you on as a as a migrant day laborer. <laughs> yeah, 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 and it's hard to get out of that. Yeah, like yeah. what was all the teaching for if I'm still doing the same shit? Right, thirty years later. Right, exactly, exactly. Yeah. So that's uh, that's what I found myself this weekend. Um, you know, holding the wrench and and tugging on the cord to make sure it doesn't fall back into the pool. But yeah. we got the cover off, and and uh, they make this new cover. You have a lot of pool. There's no pools down in New Orleans, right? I know that's a sweeping overgeneralization, but yeah. the fact that especially in a warm weather city. But you bury your <laughs> dead above ground. I don't imagine that you're taking a lot of time to dig in oh, around swimming pools. Really? In, in ground pools? Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, interesting. I mean, the neighbors, my neighbors, like where I grew up, they when they moved there, first thing they did was built a pool. Oh, all right. And I remember there was the kid in the neighborhood, the rich kid in the neighborhood we knew that had a pool, you know. So we used to go to his house. He had a pool and a uh, big trampoline. <laughs> and I remember my buddy Jason was like. When his parents are out of town, they, he's like, they said it's cool. We can come over here. So we'd go to his house, you know, go through the gate and hop on the trampoline and swim in the pool. <laughs> Probably really wasn't cool. but <laughs> Yeah, that's funny. That was, even now, I'm, you know, I'm 25 years removed from those types of shenanigans. And that was something that was instilled, you know, like, there is no tomfoolery around the pool. <laughs> yeah, you know, like you do not swim in an unattended pool. Where is oh, really? your adult supervision, Matthew? Jeez. <laughs> oh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, to this day, yeah, there's a lot of pools down here. I don't, you know. Okay, well, back. Um, Jacob has a pool at his house. Oh man, okay, <laughs> you debunked my my theory. I can't believe yeah. that. I'm never wrong on sweeping over generalizations. Yes. <laughs> I mean, it's just funny that you have this idea that there have no pools down here. <laughs> well, it's not a, it, it was not a big stretch to go. I, it's a stretch to me because it seems less likely that you'd have as many pools in a northern city. Because you can only use it for a few months. True, but we're so far <laughs> above sea level here. Yeah, but still. I mean, look at Y'all open the pool for three months. Uh, true. <laughs> not... you. Spend this money to put something in the ground that nine months of the year you have no use for. <laughs> uh, true. <laughs> that seems more. That seems more ridiculous than having pools in a city below sea level. And for the next three weeks, it's going to be too cold to swim. And then in August, the pool gets so hot that you can't even get in it. 
<laughs> yeah, so, so July is the only time the pool's worth a damn, right? Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> so basically, one month a year, y'all go. For one month a year, you go through that whole process where you're holding the wrench and making sure the <laughs> cover doesn't fall into the pool. God. Well, we we uh, we almost uh, we almost conducted the cardinal sin today, which was forgetting that we laid the pool cover out on the grass to dry. Yeah. Which, if you're familiar with with the inner workings of pool covers. If you leave it, it bakes the grass underneath, and then all that grass dies, and then you've got yeah. this big brown, you know, thirty-foot patch of. Oh yeah, because it's like a heated type of thing, yeah. right? Like it, it conducts the heat from the sun, huh? Exactly. So luckily, we had put it in the shade, and and it just had gotten more shady um, throughout the day. So that was it. Took it off, folded it up, pools open. Pea green, which is uh, lime green, which is the desired color, I guess, at this point. Because every year we open it up, my dad says, hmm, lime green? Not, uh, before it gets treated and all that? Not so bad. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And then he um, he works his magic, his chemical engineering magic. And <laughs> he's got auto-chlorinators and diatomaceous earth filters and phalanges and the whole deal. And uh, it snaps back into uh, workable pool form in, in two or three days. No, no leaves at the bottom. A couple, uh, couple dead frogs, maybe a dead mouse or two, but that's about it. <laughs> what, my, mice that like get drowned in there or something? Yeah, they fall in or get themselves underneath the cover and obviously can't figure out a way to get out. Yeah, Jesus. Which has got to be a horrible way to go. Yeah, Jesus. The friggin' Warriors are going to lose this game, man. Oh, really? I haven't been paying any attention. Warriors won the first game. Yes, overtime, and right? then they should... After the first game, you figure they're going to sweep them. Because Love was already gone, and Kyrie Irving broke his kneecap. You know? I saw that. I saw his dad came out and criticized how they how the uh, Cavaliers had handled his injury, which made me think, I know he's young, but if I was a professional athlete, especially a star professional athlete, I don't think I'd want my dad coming out. Dude, I remember my dad got nuts because, what was it? It must have been 1986, I think it was, the last time the Celtics with Larry Bird won a title. Okay. And they beat the Rockets because the Rockets upset the Lakers. And they had the Twin Towers at the time. Ralph Sampson and friggin' Hakeem uh, Olajuwon on the Rockets, yep. if you remember that. I sure do. And I remember my dad going nuts because Ralph Sampson went down in one of the games and his mom came down on the court. <laughs> you know, my dad was like, what is this? You know, his mommy's on the court. You know, this is a professional athlete. Yeah. <laughs> I have to agree. So with yes, him. what my dad saying? I wouldn't want my dad speculating. And you know, I was like, I think that happened with Robert Griffin the Third's dad or whatever, where they had some shit where his dad was commenting on stuff, you know, or 
his dad was hanging out in the locker room, and it was kind of like a controversial thing. Like, why is his dad hanging out in the locker room? Right. You know, because it was like, for one, since he since he sucks, since he's not as good as he was hyped up to be, uh, became a big deal because they're like, well, look at him. This is one of his problems. His dad's hanging out in the locker room. He's not a man, you know? All that type of shit. Yeah, listen, at that point, you got, I mean, that's that's the, that's kind of the image of a professional athlete, you know? Yeah. Yep. Being, I don't even know, what did Kyrie Irving's dad say? What was his criticism? Uh, that they mishandled the injury? I guess he had... In terms of what? Uh, uh, well, I remember at first the other night, Kyrie Irving was disputing how injured he was or something, but then it came out the next day, it was like, well, he's completely fucked, you know? There ain't, there isn't a dispute about how injured he was, because there was some kind of report right after, like, where they were disagreeing on the severity of the injury. Well, before I even find what his dad said, here's the problem, is that, let me, let me type in what I had it before. So I type in Irving, dad, and what comes up is Irving Dad, Kyrie Irving Dad, Kyrie Irving Dad 9-11. Kyrie Irving Dad 9-11. Yeah, so I have to imagine that he is apt to mouth off. Yeah, you got to click on the 9-11 thing. So here's what, uh, let's see. I mean, this is this is the, I don't know how much attention you pay to the NBA, but this is the Warriors who've been scoring hundred something points every game this season. Yep. It's friggin' three minutes left of the game. They have seventy two points. Seventy five. They just hit a three pointer. It's an eight point game. But they are anemic tonight. They're not making anything. What's uh what's the score? Did you tell me that? Eight seventy five with two fifty seven left. And the Cavs have the ball, and I think they're going to the line, I guess. I don't know. But, like, there's no reason this game should even be close. Uh, they're doing the thing where they follow the shitty free throw shooter. And he goes and misses right away. This is the worst part of the modern NBA. This thing where they go and follow these guys. Tristan Thompson, the center. Oh, one from free throw line. 58% of the season. He made one or two just now. But if you follow a guy off the ball, they go to the free throw line. So you see this, it's been going on all the playoffs. Unless there's less than two minutes left in the game, which is stupid and arbitrary. Oh, they just made another three. So it's a six-point game now. I wish they would win. The worst thing that could happen is the Cavs somehow pulling out this series. Because then you're going to hear they're never going to you're never going to hear the end about LeBron James being the best player ever, which is kind of bullshit because Jordan's still better than him. Another thing is, you know what Jordan would never do? What Larry Bird would never do? What Magic Johnson would never do? What's that? Flop. And LeBron flops all the time. He's always, he's always faking to get calls. Like, what, what world do we live in where the greatest player in the league does that type of bullshit? Uh, I will agree on that. Uh, wait a minute. Hold on. It's such a millennial fucking thing. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I guess his dad, Kyrie Irving's dad, 
uh, just showed up outside the locker room after the game and was was trying you to get. find out anything about 9-11? Uh, I just Googled. <laughs> That's the juiciest search to me. <laughs> so Irving Dad. <laughs> and once again, the podcast has devolved into Googling. <laughs> now, always the exciting part for the listening audience. I didn't think didn't tell me this is his favorite part when we start Googling the shit we're talking about. The only audible sounds become the sound of typing and you type. <laughs> You're searching. Um, click, 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 click. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Uh, so let's see. September. Okay. <laughs> All right. So I think, I, no, I think if you tell me a 9-11 thing, I think I will have been familiar with it. Yes. Okay. It's not scandalous at all. It's actually tragic. Um Apparently, apparently he he worked in the city, and he had just missed being the father. Had just missed. He stepped off the the subway um, at World Trade Center, and then the planes went into the into the towers. Okay. So, uh, tragic, I guess, is not the right word. Uh, inspirational, emotional. Lucky. Lucky is what I'm looking for. So, mm-hmm. he, he had... Man, that's crazy to think that that he must have been a little kid, right? Yeah. Well, yep. He's a budding, you know, teenager. Yeah, it was 14 years ago. Right. So, so I guess that's the connection. But, yeah. either way, what's... Um, how much time is left in that game? Uh, two something. It's that commercial right now. Let's see. They're coming back now. Let's see. Carlos Santana must have played before the game because I'm pretty sure that's who they just chose in the still <laughs> shot playing the guitar. Uh, since they are out in Oakland. Oh, good point. Good point. I, um... Kerr, I do love that Steve Kerr is... Is all over because he's the guy who I pestered at the uh, NBA All Star event last year. If you recall that I, story, I do recall that story. Um, I also he's recall nice that. enough to put up with my with my drunken ramblings. That was a um, that was a Duffy story, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was at this after party. It's eighty five, eighty with two and a half minutes left. All right, so you keep an eye on that. I got a couple things here, unless you've got uh, something to, to uh, uh, that you're dying to get off your chest. I got some big stuff that I don't. We're already an hour. We're 55 minutes in. Um, I am going out of town Friday through Monday. I wanted to let you know that. Uh, are you coming to New York? No, I'm not. Are you going? I'm going to see you're taking, you're taking a ride on the city of New Orleans? No, no, no. City of New Orleans ends in Chicago, my friend. Oh, all right. You I do have to figure out, you know, I, that friggin' the Amtrak pass is supposed to be good for a year. Uh, but I think they told me I didn't really need the actual pass. 
which is good because I don't know where that pass is. You know? Like, they say theoretically it should be saved in the system. So if I have to take a train to get back to Baltimore to get to the airport, like, on Monday, you know. Wait, so you're visiting your law school friends um, who you went to that wedding a couple months ago? Well, it was a year ago. Wow. <laughs> This is basically the year anniversary of that shit. Uh, him and his brother are throwing a dual anniversary party at the house in Maryland, the same place where they, where he got married. I guess his brother a year before or two years before I got married, the same place. And you know the New York thing wasn't going to be feasible, right? And I was like, I got to do something. I'm going friggin' crazy. So then. I was like, maybe I'll, maybe I, you know, because they sent me an invite to that party. I was like, yeah, I'm not going to that. You know, at first I sent like a maybe. I was like, maybe if something happens, maybe I'll end there. And then I was like, dude, I got to go somewhere because I hadn't had a real day off since the one day I took off to go to that wedding a year ago. (laughs) So then Friday morning I said, fuck it, I booked the ticket. So when are you going? You on Thursday to Monday? Early Friday morning I'm flying out. I'm coming back Monday night. I'm still not taking much time off, but the thing is, I know uh, since I really don't get time. All right, it's oh damn, this game's freaking getting hot right now, man. Uh, and one, we got the possibility of it becoming a two-point game here with 123 left. I hope the Warriors pull this out, but um, but I'm leaving like plane leaves like five something in the morning Friday. Try to maximize it as much as I can. Leave five something in the morning Friday, and I come back at five at like five fifty six in the evening on Monday. Is the flight is when the flight back leaves? You know. Okay. So because uh, you know since I am an independent contractor and I don't get true vacation, you know I don't want to take all these days off now because then I got to take a CLE when I come back that Wednesday on the seventeenth. Okay. And then I know I have to go to a wedding in August. And I kind of want to save room to go to, uh, you know, the game in September, the LSU-Syracuse thing. Right. And um, the funny thing is, Friday, after we had agreed, or Thursday, after we agreed not to do anything, I saw something where Southwest, you know, for that date, I could have got tickets basically for like 200 bucks round trip to Newark for... You know, I was. Problem was, it seem it seems too early to decide how long I'm going to be up there. You know, or right. what our plans are going to be for the Syracuse LSU trip. But I figured I'd fly into Newark, right, and then we'd go from there, or something. But I don't know. We haven't talked about it. Yeah, yeah. No, that's the, that would be the plan. Sure. Yeah. That's going to be the cheapest. But I was cheapest. like, I don't even know what days I can block off right now, you know? Because I was like, that's so far away in my world, you know? Um, yeah, listen, one of the things I wanted to talk about, and I don't want to pull you off the topic here, but um, your independent contractor status. Yes. So you talk about that um, mostly in terms of your vacation days and, you know, unpaid vacation time and, and whatnot. But how does that work? with health insurance oh i i buy my own you buy your own okay yeah i pay like 162 bucks a month which i think is the benefit of buying it before the health care thing went into went went into uh law like before it went into mandatory shit 
Yep. Because I bought it in 2013 before all that stuff went down. Right. Because I wanted to get into something before that. And my sister just got health insurance recently. And theoretically, I would think hers would be cheaper. But she, you know, she didn't qualify for any subsidy under the exchange. So she just went and bought it from a uh, private company. And she pays her way more than I do per month. Yeah, affordable health care, my ass, man. Well, that's the problem. The whole act made it unaffordable for everyone else. That's why you shouldn't have it. Right. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. Man. I'm pretty libertarian, so the whole idea that they're compelling you to buy stuff, which by its mere purchase makes it more expensive, which is what the whole this whole insurance marketplace does. And the idea that nobody can pay more than three times. I think it's more than, you, no single person can pay more than three times the premium of anybody else. Now think about how ridiculous that is. That means a 25-year-old's premium, uh, a 70-year-old's premium can't be more than three times a 25-year-old's premium. Well, who's gonna be using insurance more? Right. Health insurance more. Who has costlier problems? Right. You know, how fucking stupid is that? You know, so like the thing is, it's all just like everything is. The younger people, our generation, everything, we're subsidizing all the elderly people. You know, because they get everything for free. You know? Yeah. I mean, they don't want to believe it, but it's true. Like, and if you look at statistics, a guy our age, guys our age, people our age are worse off now at our age now than they were at our age, say, in 1985. Uh, you know? I believe that. And, and the thing is, yet the people of that generation, who are those people that were our age 30 years ago, they keep getting more and more. You know? And it's all on our back because, you know why? Because they vote. So fuck us. <laughs> <laughs> It's true, man. They get way more out of it than we do, and all that stuff's going to be broke by the time we get there anyway. I think the uh, Warriors might have just tied the game. Let's see. Stephen Curry's, Stephen Curry's gone nuts. Yes, it's a tie game with 7.2 seconds left. Wow. Yeah, this is it, man. Cleveland has the ball. 7.2 seconds left. Now let's see if LeBron does something stupid like he did the other night. Did you see the game the other night? No. Uh, I, care, a I could care less the about the NBA. And what's that? Yeah, I could care less about the NBA. I mean, okay. I, I mean, I don't really. I never even watched most of the playoffs. I watched the Pelicans games, obviously, since it's the hometown team. Yeah, yeah. But I, I didn't watch too much of the other things unless I came across it. But I was like, this is the finals. Like the other night, I watched like the fourth quarter because it's the finals, and I have it on here. And obviously, if it was something I was really into, I wouldn't be recording right now doing it. Right. But, it's, but the other night, they had a tie game. It ended up in overtime. But LeBron, you know, he's known for going to the hole. He takes like a friggin' 20-foot shot instead, even though there's plenty of time to make a play. You know? Let's see what he does here, because the ball's definitely going to him. All right. He looks like he's planning on... Oh, no, he's actually driving to the basket, and he missed it. Oh, it's going to overtime again. Dude, LeBron's no Jordan. <laughs> He's not. He's a joke. 
See, I I'm kind of think about it. He went to go get two other really good players, and you know what? Jordan was always Jordan with a bunch of chumps. <laughs> Scottie Pippen was a chump, you know? Sky Pippen was a creation of Michael Jordan. I mean, what did Sky Pippen do when Michael Jordan wasn't there? Dick. <laughs> I mean, is that not right? I mean, seriously, do you agree with me or not? Uh, I think Scottie Pippen's underrated. I think he was overrated. What did Sky Pippen do when Jordan retired? You know, the first time around. Did he take him to a finals? No. <laughs> no, not at all. He bitched and moaned and sat on the bench because Tony Kukoc was going to get the ball. I remember that. <laughs> that didn't happen in the NBA Finals? <laughs> no. The Bulls only went to the NBA Finals with Jordan on the team. <laughs> Sky Pippen was so, you know, he's, he made him look good. You know, what I'm saying is LeBron, if Jordan went and grabbed two of the top ten players in the league while he was playing to play with them, they would have gone 72-0 and every year, 82-0, and you know? Right. <laughs> I mean, what did they go that one year? Didn't they go like 72-10? and 10? Wasn't their record something ridiculous like that? Uh, I think it was 73-9. 73-9? and nine. I, The year they broke the record, yeah. Yeah. But it's like, you know, I couldn't stand Jordan when he played, you know, because he was the best, and I wasn't a Bulls fan, you know? Right. But I will give him credit, you know? He is... He is the best. Uh, 72, oh, 72 and 10. Okay. You're right. You're right. Good job. Yes. They would have gone 82 and 0 if he would have gone and grabbed, like, whatever the equivalent. Of. of course, the other side of that is when all that big three stuff first happened, I was like, where did Chris Bosch get off being this big star? <laughs> you know, when they first got them together, I was like, how's Chris Bosch working to this? <laughs> And right now, Grant, I don't watch a lot of NBA, but where the fuck is Chris Bosh? Uh, Miami. He's still in Miami? Yeah, they made a run at the end of the season, apparently, and then he got some type of uh, aneurysm or uh, um, heart condition or, or something really serious. Yeah. LeBron did what he was did today what he should have done the first game, but he just missed it today. See, they're showing highlights from the first game where he – took a jumper, like a 20-foot jumper. This one he drove to the hoop is which is what he should do, you know, because that's what his game is. But, I mean, they had good defense, but still, Jordan would have made that shot. <laughs> I, I have no doubt that you're right. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. Just like when I grew up, I couldn't stand Joe Montana, you know, because I was a Saints fan. We played in the same division. You know, you couldn't beat Montana. No matter how good the Saints got, which they got really good at one point back in the day. Like the first time we ever went to the playoffs, it was the strike year. We go 12-3. and three. You know, 12-3. and three. Any other division in the league, we probably would have won. Niners go 13-2, and two, you know? <laughs> it, it, you know, you, you sit there and you, you're stuck dealing with the best, you know? You know, fate has it that you have Joe Montana playing against you twice a year. You know, so, uh, but I, but now that he's gone, you know, in retrospect, I can acknowledge he was the friggin' best. You know, if the game was on the line, 
If there was two minutes left in the game and you need anybody in there, still to this day, I don't care what Tom Brady does. If you have two minutes left in the game, you need a guy to get the ball down the field, I'd still want Joe Montana. You know? Yeah, I'd go with that. Yeah, I mean, he was the, he was the best clutch quarterback of all time. Yeah. Brady's all right, but he's not as clutch as, as uh, Montana was. Yeah. No, I'll give you that. So, so I'll say that much. But um, <laughs> and God love Peyton; he's not clutch at all. Uh, God love Peyton; he is not clutch at all. You are absolutely correct. Yes, ninety to eighty-seven, Cleveland with three and a half minutes left in Cleveland's ball. All right, you have something else you want to opine on? No, that was uh, that was okay. it. I, I wanted to uh, explore the uh, explore the depths of Obamacare, but um, I, I think uh, Scotty Pippen was a much livelier discussion. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. So, what's your Obama? So, you been, have you been looking up prices? No, I just uh, I just enrolled uh, tonight. I um, the healthcare exchange. Yeah, yeah. The how much it, is that costing you? Uh, I want to say with dental, um, three maybe three seventy five a month. Jesus, that's ridiculous. Yeah, that is ridiculous. Well, you know what? <laughs> that's crazy. Now it was something I would do anyway. Yeah, but you wouldn't have had to pay that much money for that ten years ago, or even five years ago. Oh no, absolutely true. The 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 cost of healthcare it just. It absolutely confounds me. I I don't understand like how they can get away doing what they do. The the th- the thing that bothers me a little bit is the mandate. Yeah, exactly. I, I would have gotten it anyway. I'm a middle aged man. You know, I'm fighting. Yeah, you would have gotten it. But that's how stuff should work. Right. It should work on you. Should buy it if you want to. I mean, my brother Chris has a good opinion about this. Just like the idea that you're that you're mandated that if you drive a car you have to get car insurance. It's like no, fuck it. If you drive a car and you want insurance, you should get insurance and then get the underinsured, uninsured motorist coverage in case some asshole hits you that doesn't have insurance. Nobody should have to be mandated to have to buy any private product. True. You know. But go on, go on. Sorry, I no, won't no, let you rant. Yeah, no, no, that 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 was it. The, the not so much a rant, more of a more of a conundrum because it's the one thing that I absolutely hate. It's comparing benefits. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. you got to sift through a marketplace. Oh yeah, that sucks. And like, is this worth it? Is this not worth it? With higher premium versus. The um, out-of-pocket versus the deductible versus am I covered if I get Bell's palsy again next Thanksgiving, you know? Like, it's, it's debilitating in and of itself. It's the one thing I can't do, you know? Quickly and accurately make a judgment call on quality, uh, you know, on qualitative, I'm sorry, quantitative components, you know, like, obviously there's a formula that that I should be able to use or should be able to extract to find what the true value, 
is in one of these plans, but the way they present them, it's impossible. Damn. So I, I started it two weeks ago, and it, I, it yeah, took me two I, that weeks was the worst part about me when I got about my experience when I when I bought health insurance, trying to figure out what the hell you want, you know, because it's like I'm not sophisticated about that, and it's like. You know, it's like dealing with friggin' used car salesmen or something. Yes, absolutely. Having to compare, well, what's what what benefits worth more to me? Right. You know, the other thing, is, like with my plan, the one reason I think a why you couldn't get any worse because I went and got a high deductible plan. You know, where you can do the health savings account thing. Mm-hmm. You know, I think those are the plans that like. They're trying to discourage with the Obamacare thing, you know? So I don't even know if you could get what I got for the price I got it for anymore, you know? Yeah, I didn't even see anything like that. I went in the opposite direction. I went for the most affordable premium that gave me no deductible. Okay. See, I was, like, gone for because, you know, it's... Yeah, they've discouraged those plans, but the point of them was... That they were, you know, the high deductible health savings plan, they were better premiums. And also you have the health savings account. So you put the money away and theoretically, if you need to use it, it's going to go towards playing a deductible. But if you don't use it at the end of the year, you know, it rolls over and it's also uh, tax deductible. Yeah. To deduct it from your income. The I money remember put towards that. I remember seeing that when I first got on Angie's policy, so I was probably like seven or eight years ago, um, they were going through uh, a health insurance policy change at my office, and they were going through all that, and they were introducing this concept of the of the savings plan. Yes. People were so confused by it because it wasn't a very sophisticated office. But yeah, yeah. I, I saw it, and I was like, oh, that's, that's kind of novel. That's a pretty yeah. good idea, um, but I didn't see anything like that. But I'll tell you what sucks about it, and this isn't about that plan. This is about freaking more like the pharmaceutical companies or whatever the hell's going on. So last year I had this antibiotic prescription, and I had two refills on it, you know, and I filled it twice last year originally and then one refill. Well, I need to get the antibiotic again this year. I went to go fill it. So last year when I filled it, first they charged me something ridiculous, like 70 some bucks. And I was like, and I turned around, I was like, well, hey, wait, I got insurance. Because I had never used the insurance to that point, you know? Right. And they came back and they're like, oh, okay, we changed it, it's $35. So I go get it filled this year. And like the thing is, I never used my deductible or anything, obviously. I never spent $2,500. <laughs> but I think the deal, I think my deal might be if I haven't used the deductible, I need to spend. Uh, only 80% of the prescriptions covered, you know, I got to pay for 20% of it. Okay. You know, it's only generic prescriptions. I think that I can get some bullshit like that. I have no clue. Well, I go in there a few weeks ago to get it filled and my mom, you know, my mom's like, well, I'll, I'll pick it up for you. Want me to pick it up for you? I was like, yeah, that was fine. You know, cause it's out near her house and I was at work. She calls me. She's like, they say it's going to be a hundred something dollars, 140 something dollars. I'm like, what? I was like, let me come down there. That's fucking wrong. So I left work and I came down there and the pharmacist came over. She's like, well, you know, 
uh, I was like, this can't be right. I only spent 30-something dollars getting this filled last year. She said, yeah, yeah, you did, but uh, the price went up this year, and, and you still didn't use all your deductibles. I was like, the price went up? She's like, it went up for that thing over $200. Now, this is for a generic antibiotic. How fucking outrageous is that? Some shit that's been in the market forever. It's all such a scam, dude. Yeah, that's a total fucking scam. Two hundred some dollars for an antibiotic. There's thirty five dollars a year before. It's not some. It's just. And then a couple of nights later, it was on Nightline. They had about like these people that are getting medicines where they were paying a certain price, and then the pharmaceutical companies just jacked up the prices on all this shit, like old generic shit that they've been having on the market for years. I was like, well, I guess this is what happened to the shit I got. But I was like, I got to fucking buy it because I need it right now, you know? Like, 200 friggin' dollars, which means it must have been about 50, whatever I paid for it before they told me, before I told them I had insurance last year, which was between 50 to 70 dollars, which is what it must have been last year. Right. And like, what do you do? You have no choice, man. Yeah, exactly. I need it to... To buy it, you know? It's either that or, you know, live your life with chlamydia. And who can do that? <laughs> well, that wasn't my option, thankfully. But, um, but then I, I'm just thankful I'm not one of these people that needs that prescription or a prescription like that on a weekly basis. Right. Because then I'd be fucked, you know? Insane, Because that's man. what they had on Nightline, people that, you know, who are, who are on drugs that need to use these certain drugs, you know? Uh, like this one woman, she had endometriosis, which is like a female issue where it's like a, the, something grows outside the lining of the womb and it's very painful and she needs to take this stuff, but her and the husband have gone into the poorhouse paying for it because they jacked the price up on it, you know? And, you know, they were talking about like, it's ruined everything. We had all these plans for vacation Sailing the world when it retires, like we can't afford to do any of that shit anymore because of the farm because of the prescription prices. For three hundred and fifty bucks a month, I should be able to call up a service to come over and shave my back and bleach my asshole. There's no reason for that much money in premiums that Yep. And, well, and, it's because you're subsidizing all the people who need to get friggin' uh, insurance now. Insane, dude. That's the fact of the matter. Whatever happened to free market? Doesn't that kind of even everything out? Free market went out when Franklin Delano Roosevelt got into the office. <laughs> <laughs> I just picture him walking into the office one day. And, you rolling know, into the office. Hanging his you know, hat and putting up his coat, and there goes free market. Yeah. Scurrying out the door. Free market, just that, that's been gone. You know, and then the other side of it is not that because I'm definitely not some Republican show. The other side of it's the crony capitalism shit, you know, like where companies it's not that they're corporations, it's that corporations are being taken care of. Right. The whole idea of bullshit like too big to fail and stuff like that, you know, right. let companies go bankrupt. That's the way it's worked for friggin' 200 something years. This country's been around. Now we got companies that can't go bankrupt. And I guess they can't go bankrupt because, oh, well, all those people aren't going to get their pensions. But fuck it. We're going to give a bunch of government money to a car company, to an insurance <laughs> company. This is that. And no matter what they tell you in public, no matter what they say in the press that GM paid them back, 
they haven't really paid him back. You know, that's all just semantics and hocus pocus bullshit. Right. You know, right. You know it's it's such bullshit. Which is why if I was to buy an American car, I'd buy a Ford because they didn't take money. You know. There you go. But I have a Toyota, so fuck it. <laughs> <laughs> but if I had to buy an American car, it'd be a Ford. <laughs> All right, we got 45.1 seconds here, and Cleveland is up by a point. And there was just a jump ball, and there's some controversy over it. I think LeBron is bitching about saying Draymond Green. Uh, I think they called a foul on LeBron or something or gave the ball to... The Warriors, I guess, say LeBron did some fucked up shit on the jump. And he was bitching to bone. Yeah, that must have been what happened. You know, because he kind of crashed into Green on the jump ball. Because it went to Cleveland originally. It blew the whistle. Now the Warriors have the ball. Stephen Curry just just drew a foul, which will be a two-point, two free throws. He's begging for three, but his foot was over the line, I'm pretty sure. With 28.2 seconds left. 29.2, I'm sorry. So while they sort that out, and we'll, uh, we'll probably... Well, I'm interested, so I want to hang around long enough to find out who wins the game. Unless it goes into overtime, because... Yeah, it goes into double, double overtime. overtime. Where it's we're funny. Gone. I was uh, sitting around today uh, in between. Um, I worked all day, and then um, I took a nap. But in between that... I watched. Um, I, I walked in. My dad was sitting in the back watching um, like MSG. Um, Madison Square Garden has their own network, the MSG yeah, network. Yeah. Yes, I remember the MSG network. And <laughs> um, they were playing like Great Garden Games or something like that. Like Mono Sodium Glutinate Network, right? <laughs> the great a bunch thing of images of Chinese food. The great thing about it is, once you watch it a half an hour later, you want to watch it again. <laughs> Yeah, 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 totally. <laughs> um, they had on the six overtime game. The Big okay. East uh, Syracuse oh, UConn yes, game. Yes, the marathon, yep. Uh, and it was cool. It was kind of fun oh, to watch. Nice. I'd like and to watch that again right now. You would what? I'd say I'd like to watch that again right yeah, now. Yeah, yeah. I don't even have cable, so it's not an option. <laughs> even if ESPN Classic happened to be showing it, I would be able to watch it. They did a little, um, they did some, uh, like a bunch of events at Madison Square Garden. And the the one segment right before that was the birth of the Big East tournament at Madison Square Garden. So that was cool. Um, you know, they had Bayheim and Trangisi and, um, you know, people talking about Cavett and Golden stuff like States that. Golden State's up by one, just uh, interject real quickly. How much time is that? LeBron James is bitching and moaning to the referee. All right, go on. Uh, people talking about uh, Gavitt and the, um, you know, the birth of, of the Big East as we know it. So that was kind of cool. Um, and then they kind of rolled right into the, uh, the six-overtime UConn-Syracuse game, which was, which was fun to watch. And you forget so much of that game. Like, you remember the highlights, but, like... And that's the game where Dievendorf thought he hit jumped. the game winner and exactly. jumped on the friggin'. <laughs> exactly. I forgot that that we had never led at any point in that game. 
Yeah, 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 it's crazy. You know? So it was kind of cool to watch. Well, and... UConn was the better team. Yeah, they were a top. They were a better team than us back then. I mean, that team was a better team than us. They were they were pretty stacked. I'm that pretty spot. sure they were a top five team. They might have. Yeah, I mean, they were they were they were objectively a better team than us. They then. were definitely a top ten team. I think they might have even been a top five team. Yeah, well, I'm sure Wikipedia could tell you about that. <laughs> um, <laughs> all right, here we are. LeBron's taken to the hoop, and he got blocked. Uh, but Golden State just threw the ball away, unfortunately. On the on the uh, green, got it and threw it back, but it went through Stephen Curry's legs or whatever. Uh, and two so, more sporting notes while we're on the um, ESPN Sports Center tip here. Oh, um, a guy on Facebook just uh, took a picture, posted a picture of his backyard pool in New Orleans. <laughs> I have a line about that. <laughs> oh God! Um, hey, did you speaking of ESPN? Did you see um, your boy Bill Simmons got canned? Uh yeah. I mean, a few weeks ago, I saw. I was reading on it when, about it, like on Did Spin, all that shit when it was going on. Which, as far as I'm concerned, good riddance. What you was? Uh, I mean, means it'll delay the amount of months that I get a friggin' uh, email or a text group text group email from Mike Reardon, including a Bill Simmons column <laughs> with all his pro Boston bullshit. <laughs> and then uh, the last little tidbit is: Did you see uh, you a horse racing fan? Yes, I watched the race yesterday. I was thinking that same thing. I'm like, we got to talk about the horse race. But Cleveland is up by a point now with 10.1 seconds left. But, yes, I did watch that. That was exciting. Uh, it's legal in New Jersey. It's probably legal everywhere, but uh, I know for a fact it's legal in New Jersey uh, to bet uh, on horse racing over uh, the computer. Yeah, I think you can do that here, too. So I put a- Horse racing has an exemption of some sort because I think you can go to the off-track betting places, too, and do it. And I think you can do it on a computer here, possibly. I'm not sure, though. Maybe you can't because they got a bunch of friggin' Bible Belt assholes in the rest of the state that might block shit like that. Just like last week, they shot down the uh, the proposed bill to legalize uh, fantasy sports betting, and it was a it was a combination of the local casino industry. And the video poker industry and and family something council, one of these Bible thumping asshole groups that probably speaks out against gays that probably has a gay leader or so, something. So wait, you can't do like fan duel or, or anything like that? Yeah, they can't do that in Louisiana. It's like Louisiana and there's a few other states that you can't do it in. I mean I'm I'll be the first to admit that that, that is the biggest scam. Uh-oh. Cleveland looks like it's going to win now. They just missed it. But there's 4.4 seconds left. Golden State will get the ball back because it's only a one-point game. But uh, FanDuel is a scam? Because it, it is gambling. Yeah. You know, uh, parading as a handicapping service. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Same way horse betting gets to make uh, an end around the anti-gaming legislation because it's a skill, not 
a game of chance. Um, poker skill, and they friggin' don't let you play that shit, you know? Uh, online or in person? Yeah, online. You know, they don't allow it, you know? Damn, right. LeBron just missed a free throw. He just missed the first free throw. Uh, they up by one? Yeah, they're up by one, and he just missed the first free throw. It's 4.4 seconds left. So he made two, but it's only a two-point game now. So Golden State's going to have to take a three, but they threw the ball away. They threw the fucking ball away. <laughs> Golden State messed up, and they win. They gave that one away. Why the hell Stephen Curry just not rump the court himself and take the shot? He tried to throw it to Thompson and threw it away. Oh, well. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. A lot of the... Uh, I mean, a lot of the gambling stuff's based on what the lobby is, though. Horse racing's everywhere, so it's not that it's any different than stuff you can do that takes skill as far as poker goes. I mean, it's just that it's, uh, you know, that they've had horse racing for 100-something years, you know? Right, true. You know, so they got a strong lobby, you know, because, I mean, there's tracks in almost every state, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah New Jersey's got a couple. Yep. And the thing that kills me, like uh, the track, the big track here, the fairgrounds, uh, which, yeah, some years back, I don't know, within the last 10 years, Churchill Downs bought it. You know, the people that own the Kentucky, were Churchill Downs. Yeah, sure. Churchill Downs Corporation, they bought it. But the thing that they really survive on was, I don't know, it might have been 15 years ago where they, where the state passed the law to allow that. They allowed them to put in a bunch of video poker machines at the track yeah, because that's the only way the track can survive now because, you know, horse racing is a dying sport, you know? Yeah, which is too bad because it's a great sport and it's a great, it's a great outing. I love going to the track. I'm kind of conflicted over horse racing, you know? Like, I like watching the races, but then... Like, I see shit about it. I know what goes on horse racing. And it's so brutal, you know, like the treatment of the animals and stuff. You know, like, it yeah. really is kind of a, if you really think about that shit, see, you don't want to think about that too much because it's really kind of fucked up. <laughs> you, you Like, every day in this country, and it's not gone on where, you know, it's not necessarily... Uh, you know, there's all these tracks all over the country, and every day horses are getting put down on the track and shit. You know. Well, it's funny you bring that up because um, we don't have time for it now. Because uh, one, I want to do a little research on it, and two, um, I did a little reading about um, uh, who was it? Affirmed. Yeah. And affirmed. The last one to win it before yesterday. Before yesterday had a, um, what's it called when you go head-to-head -head with somebody? Rivalry. Yeah, yeah. A rivalry with a horse called Alidar. Yes, Alidar and Affirmed, yep. And um, I think Ali Sheba? Ali Baba? Ali Sheba? There was another horse. There's another Kentucky Derby winner not so long ago who was um, sired by Ali Dar. Okay. Um, so it was a horse that I had that I had known. I was like, wait a minute, is that any relation to? And I got in this conversation with my dad, and so I started doing a little uh, a little homework on it, 
and um, apparently the um, the owners of Alidar tried to kill him in order to collect some insurance money. But the way they tried to kill him was they tied his back leg to a tractor. Jesus. And shattered his back leg. Thinking they'd have to shoot him or something? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So um, so I'm with you. I, I, I hear where you're coming from on yeah. that. Yeah. But just from a, you know, a grand spectacle. No, from a grand spectacle, it's a great thing. And I watched it and I was excited. But like, I don't know, you, you, hear, you see these stories and see what goes on at these tracks, you know? And then like the lower levels of it, you know, where they're taking out friggin' these horses. Hell, they had a thing, was it Real Sports, I think, did a thing a few years ago about... Uh, you know, these tracks like where the people come and they get the horses that are the losers and they take them off to Canada because they get processed for horse meat, you know, and that's a delicacy in these foreign countries, you know, it's like, how fucked up is that, you know? Yeah, that is fucked up. And then, I mean, just the whole brutality of it. And uh, this was, this happened before I ever got there, but I guess one year... You know, they did the Christmas outing for the office. They went to the track during the day, you know, because one of Bill's buddies is used to own the track, you know, and he still has a barn there. In fact, when I went to the Jazz Fest, that was the parking pass I got. Oh, to, yeah, right, right. To that guy's barn, right. you know. Uh, and he was there with his wife and every Jacob was there with the wife and everything, and, uh, and they had to put down a horse on the track in the middle of the day, you know, because the horse broke down. That's what they do. And it, like, that shit that happened with Barbaro or whatever, you know, that was only because it was a friggin' million-dollar horse. Normally, they would just put the horse down right there. Right. You remember Barbaro? Yeah. They took it to U-Pen and had it, like, up in a sling. Yeah. You know? but, but what they really did with Barbaro when they were treating on the track, there was a guy out there jerking it off or whatever. I mean, you know that. No, no, no. <laughs> Yeah, get all the semen. Because you know how valuable the damn semen is? Is that, are you serious? Yeah, that shit went on because if it's a valuable horse, or like if it dies, you know? <laughs> Wait, so there's some dude whose job is to go out behind know, the curtain? he was curtain. actually jerking it off, but he was trying to get friggin' the material, you know? <laughs> so Barbaro goes down and there's one guy whose first instinct is to grab a rubber glove and some Vaseline and then run out to the track to collect I mean I don't know specimen. if it was specifically like that that he was doing all that but but there was, that was definitely an aspect of it because see that's the other side of it like these guys might talk oh it's a beautiful horse it's a great horse but the reality is it's an investment to those fuckers yeah absolutely you know? 100% like, that's that's why, you know, that's the thing about that horse. That's why I couldn't believe when I saw some headline today saying they're going to run the horse again this year. It's like, why would you ever run that horse again ever? It won the Triple Crown. Now just let it go fucking make a bunch of money off of it. No doubt. No you doubt. know? So, because that's where the money used to be made. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I mean, absolutely. that guy that used to own the track, he and another guy, they owned a horse. and It was Risen Star. You can look it up. Oh, I know Risen Star. Yeah, Risen Star was a Louisiana horse. 
uh, that finished third, third in the Derby and then won the Preakness and the Belmont. He was a secretariat, was the sire of Risen Star, you know? But uh, that guy that owns that barn that used to on the track, he, he owned that horse. I'm sure, you know, that, that's the best horse that guy ever owned, you know? But I'm sure probably the amount of money that he made from breeding that horse and putting out the studs got to be, uh, you know, uh, exponentially more than he made actually winning those races, you know? Yeah, no doubt. Yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy, man. All right, well, good uh, stuff, man. I, um, I'm going to do a little more homework on the Alley Dar. There's a book about affirmed in Alley Dar's um, The Summer. I think it was. Now, let me. All right. Well, I want to see. I want to confirm or at least see if I can corroborate my thing. And then I, I Googled Barbaro Seaman. The first article that first thing that comes up is from Slate. From Slate, you know, it said, did, and the article's titled, Did They Save Barbaro's Seaman? Why the Champion Racehorse Will Never Be a Dad. Beloved Kentucky Derby winner Barbaro was euthanized Monday after eight months struggle to recover from the broken hind leg he suffered at Preakness Stakes last year. Barbaro's owner stressed soon after his injury that they wanted him to live whether or not he could breed. How healthy does a horse have to be to sire a I guess they didn't, but I've heard about this happening before. I might just be conflating stories. But I think there was a comedian talking about them going out there and jerking off horses. <laughs> you know? In theory, Barbaro could still get a mare pregnant. A stallion can father foals through artificial insemination or embryo transfer even after he's dead. But Barbaro is a special kind of racing horse called Thoroughbred. Only a Thoroughbred can compete for horse races triple crown. According to the rules of the Jockey Club, which sets the standards for Thoroughbred breeding in the United States, no offspring that results from artificial insemination or embryo can transfer Embryo transfer can have the coveted designation. The only way a thoroughbred is allowed to reproduce is by live cover. Uh, so he actually has to hump. <laughs> and I saw about that on Real Sports once, too. Like, they got, like, with these stud horses, this is the worst thing in the world. They have these male horses there who just get all frisky and they get the horse riled up, the female horse, and then they pull them out. And then they bring in the prize thoroughbred to finish the job. <laughs> now, how much does it suck to be that male horse that's, whose job is just to get the female horse into it? Right. <laughs> uh, thoroughbred fluffers. Yes, 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 yes. Uh, All right. Well, I don't know. Uh, Barbara's bloodline lives on, even though he wasn't able to breed. His parents, blah, blah, blah. All right. So I guess technically he couldn't be... They could breed him. They could just, they can't breed him as a thoroughbred. So, Barbaro, so if they jerked him off, Barbaro's friggin' horses couldn't go run that. But I'm sure there's other races that they could run in or something, right. you know? Or you could jerk it off to have it. I don't know. I guess you couldn't. Because, <laughs> but I mean, I'm sure there's other uses for it, you know? Uh, uh. I don't know. I mean, I wonder if the same rules apply to like quarter horses or even like the uh, like y'all do in New Jersey, the harness racing, you know? Right. If it's the same standard for those horses. Yeah. So I don't know. 
But we'll, um, uh, we'll do a little work on uh, on horse. Yeah, sheep. yeah, we'll have to look more into that. <laughs> <laughs> into horse sheep. Uh, well, then on that note, with apologies to Girk's brother. We'll yep. see. We'll see you guys next week. <laughs> All right. Good night, Fredo. <laughs> <laughs>